welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I've lived with type 1 diabetes for almost four decades and enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. Today's guest, Calix Williams, was given a crash course in diabetes management, but he didn't sit on his pity potty. He makes light of it and is connecting T1Ds from across the globe with his hilarious videos and witty banter. You're going to love this guy. But before we get started, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit organization. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy. Just click the donate link in the show notes. Number two, my affiliate and resources page feature reputable brands and services that make life with diabetes a more pleasant one. You can find all the deals at diabetesdailygrind.com. Number three, and this is a new one. I recently launched the Diabetes Way, a website dedicated to people living with and touched by this disease. You should check it out at thediabetesway.com. And finally, stay engaged, love, like, share, and comment on all things social media. Sign up for the e-newsletter, leave an iTunes review, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and click on the Amazon banner on the website before ordering. It doesn't cost you a thing and throws a little change my way. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. And why don't you go ahead and tell everyone your full name? My name is Calix Williams. Thank you for having me. And Calix is the, we don't know anybody else with this name, right? I don't know anyone with this name. It's pretty, it's pretty unique. Pretty unique. Well, and where are you calling in from? London, England. I think you're my first guest from London. I'm, I'd have to think about that, but welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I start no each episode with, a little bit about your diagnosis and then I'll get into why I wanted you to be a guest. Because your diagnosis okay. story is one that I hadn't heard yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember it being two weeks after, I believe, my 22nd birthday. And it happened so, so quick. Like within, it was like a two week period in which it all happened in. And I just suddenly out of nowhere just got this extreme first and was going to the toilet so often. And I kind of described it as like, okay, I'm drinking a lot of water, so which means I'm going to the toilet a lot. And that kind of cancels everything out. So it's like, I wouldn't go to the toilet a lot if I wasn't so thirsty. So I didn't really think there was a big issue. And I just kept drinking a lot of water, going to the toilet. And I wasn't getting any sleep because I was waking up in the middle of the night so many times. Like when I tell this story and I say at least 10 times during the night, I was getting up. It's no exaggeration. I was literally up. 10 times during the night to go to the toilet, back and forth, wasn't getting any sleep. And again, at that point, I still didn't feel like there was an issue. I, I had no idea why. So I was working as security in the airport at the time and going to work, going to the toilet back and forth during work. And even though about the environment in airports, it's super busy. Right. So I guess me going to the toilet often, my absence was felt because someone to cover, someone to cover, cover my absence <laughs> And I guess that kind of like <laughs> what made them pay attention to why I was going back and forth to the toilet somewhere. Because I mean, I get it. If someone goes to the toilet so often, you probably think they're scared off work, you know, <laughs> trying to run a clock down. So I totally get it. I totally get it. So I guess that kind of like picked up attention, me going to the toilet so, so often. And one colleague in particular, who's a pharmacist, noticed it. And I guess because me and he were at the same station. And I don't know if we noticed it because he thought, okay, this guy might have diabetes or because like this guy keeps skiving off. I've got to tell him like what's going on it. So he pulled me up. I was like, yo, like I'm not even going to toilet so often. You might be diabetic. And at the time I'm like 22, 23. Did you um, even know what diabetes was when, when he said that? No, I had the, I guess it was just like everyone else at the time. I, I knew of diabetes kind of, 
Like, it's, it's, my perception of it back then is nothing compared to what I know of it now. I guess I just thought it was a disease. Again, like too much sugar, watch what you eat type of situation. Super, super ignorant to it. I had no idea what it meant. I just thought it was a disease that old people get. Yeah. I didn't know anyone young that had yeah. diabetes. So when he said that I'm 23, in my point of view, healthy, I'm in the gym, my diet isn't too crazy. So it's like, you're an ex-pharmacist. Is that really the best diagnosis that... <laughs> You know, I can see why you're an ex-pharmacist if that's the, the diagnosis you're going straight to, like straight to diabetes. So I kind of just like wanted to go and get checked, A, because I didn't really notice me going back to the back and forth to the toilet was an issue until he kind of noticed it himself because no one before that mentioned it. Right. So I'm like, okay, if, if someone else is like seeing it now, maybe there is an issue. So I kind of wanted to go because he noticed it. And kind of just like to be arrogant and prove him wrong. Just like, you're an ex-pharmacist. Take that. I don't have diabetes. I just need yeah, to pee. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to go get checked, come back, and we're going to discuss how, like, I can see why you're an ex-pharmacist. If you, like, you got that totally wrong. And it was a good excuse to, like, take a day off work. Tell the manager, like, I think I have diabetes. I'm going to go get checked. You can't tell me no. Like, day off work. So I'm having a great day. Like, again, didn't even feel like there was no emergency. There was no big, urgent, like, rush to go and get checked. Like, okay, I've got a day off work. I'll pop into the uh, hospital, get checked, and have the whole day to myself. So um, went in on a Friday and um, got checked. And doctor was like, yeah, your blood sugars are way too high. It's like three times normal amount. So even when, he, even when he said that, he didn't actually say diabetes. He just told me that my blood sugars are way too high. So I'm just like, okay, I don't know what that means. Cool. All right, cool. Um, because you might be diabetic. So um, you've got to do some more tests, but you look fine. Come back in on Monday and we'll do some more tests. So okay. again... The doctor's office that you went to, is this like an ER or is it like a GP? Yeah, so an ER. So R, that would be R-A-N-E. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I went to... ER, got checked. He was like, yeah, your blood sugars are, are way too high. You might have diabetes. You've got to do some more tests, but you're, you look fine. You're moving fine. You sound fine. Come back on Monday. So I'm like, cool. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, sweet. Like, again, day off work. Doctor's sending me home. So it must be a big issue. Now I've got the whole Friday to myself and I've got the whole weekend to myself. Again, there was no emergency at all. I didn't feel any urgency or any health scare. Had a great weekend. <laughs> Milkshakes. That eating out, amazing <laughs> weekend. Came back on Monday and again, told ring, ring work. And I was like, doctor said to come back on Monday. So I had the Monday off, had this really long weekend. I was having a great time. Came back on Monday now, got seen by another doctor. And he was like, yeah, your blood sugars are way too high. Three times the normal amount. You most likely have diabetes. So I was like, yeah, I was told that on Friday. You're not telling me anything new. He was like, what are you telling on Friday? I was like, yeah, I was here on Friday. Got sent home. It was like, don't know who that was, but they shouldn't have sent you home. You should have been at least kept in hospital over the weekend if not going to be sent home with medication so i was like well i feel fine i look fine i don't physically feel like i have this diabetes you speak of <laughs> so i don't know what to say so from that when i've been from that uh situation i got led to like another room and uh i guess a diabetic nurse is who i saw and it was like this is an insulin pen this is a blood glucose meter this is how you use the pen this is how you use the meter try it out for a bit and see how you get on. And then she left the room. I can't yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Left the room. So I'm by myself with this new equipment. She gave me like a quick how to do guide 
on this like dummy. So I'm there, just like trying it myself on this dummy. So they didn't, hook you, like, they didn't hook you up to IVs or anything at this point. Like your blood sugar was astronomical and I, I did not do anything. I've never been hooked to an IV in my life. That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. to me right now. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So she leaves the room now, leaves me with myself for 20 minutes to like try out these new gadgets that I have now. Comes back 20 minutes later, was like, are you good? You figured out that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, fine. Yeah, his needle, inject it, boom. And then that was it. Off you go. See you in, I think, like two to three weeks or whatever. Then again, out to the wide world with a new diagnosis, this new equipment. I have to like break the news to my family that like, I have diabetes. Here's my pen. Here's my da da da. So, like, it took a while after that to kind of like get my doses right to where my. Did they tell you? Did they, did they say to you, like, hey, you need to give 10 units of long acting? And, you know, yeah. so they did give you an. So it was like, yeah, so there's like, if you're long acting, let's try 10 units. And if you're slow acting, let's try a ratio of one to 10. So one unit per 10 carbs. That was fine, seemed to work, but it was my long acting which kind of needed to be adjusted. So it went from 10, still a bit too high, then we done 12, still a bit too high, and then we settled on 14. Over the course of like maybe like a, a month, it took, us a, yeah, it took us about a month to get to like 14 and like just to be stable on 14 every single day. And that was pretty much it. It was like a super crash course. Here's your new diagnosis, your new diagnosis. here's your pens, equipment, here's what you do. You're good, boom, and to the open world. And that was literally it. There was no like, I hear other stories about being admitted to hospital and big scares. And like for me, it was none of that. I had a great weekend <laughs> before I was diagnosed. I walked in, had this like 20-minute crash course of here's how you uh, manage your diabetes now, off you go. And then that was literally it. That is so and crazy. all throughout that whole situation, I didn't feel like my life was in danger because no one around me acted like it was. It was just like, okay, your blood sugar is too high. You probably have diabetes. You probably, you probably do have diabetes. Here's your equipment. And off, off you go. No one really put the fear of God in me about the disease. So it took me a while to like kind of figure out I have this disease now that's kind of is life-threatening <laughs> if I don't manage it properly. But for a good- Kind months, of life-threatening. Those two, those words do not go together. It is very life-threatening. Yeah, but again, no one, I didn't feel like it was. I, right. I, just didn't, I, just, I didn't have that perception of like, okay, now my life has changed now. I've got this routine that I need to now do every single day, but- no one around me was like, your life is in danger because I guess because I didn't act like it was. I came in the hospital, I walked in. I didn't, I think I like, I got seen after like two hours. I didn't even immediately get seen. I was there for like two hours. I was like bubbly, cheerful. I guess my take on it allowed others to have a similar take on it. Maybe if I was a bit more gloomy about, yeah, maybe they would as well. But again, no one around me it um, makes me sad that you didn't get, I'm going to say proper education at that time, because that is obviously, well, you don't seem to be like you were overwhelmed by it, but maybe because there wasn't, because I was given like a death sentence and it was this, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And it was terrible as a kid. Right. And so doom and gloom yeah. was heavy, but maybe with not getting that information in the beginning, you're like, okay, I can do this. I, I can't imagine walking out of a hospital after you know an hour and shooting up. I mean, that's takes some serious courage. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, okay, like, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of needles at the time, but I guess it was just like, okay, like, I need to do this, so I'm going to do it. And that was it. I wish I had this big, sad Hollywood movie to tell you about my diagnosis, but there is no doom and gloom. It was literally like, okay, this is the new routine. I just have to crack on now and get it done. And that was it. It's not until I spoke to people like yourself and other diabetics where I'm like, okay, my story 
it's kind of abnormal. Like it was, it shouldn't have been that way. Like someone should have like sat down and been like, yo, this is actually like- <laughs> A big deal. Yeah, big deal. Like <laughs> you, you should have a slight worry to what's happening right now. Your life's about to change forever, but you don't seem to like care about it. Because I, I guess if I now think about it in hindsight, if I'm a doctor and someone has come in and got this diagnosis, but they don't seem to understand it or take it as seriously as I hope they would, then I'll be thinking, okay, maybe they're not educated in it and they need to, be, they need to have more information about what they've got now. Right. Because they're too cheerful for what's about to be a life-changing situation. But literally no one, like, it was such a, again, I guess I was in and out in like maybe an hour, hour and a half, and then that was it. So again, I didn't feel like diabetes was that serious when I first got diagnosed because no one around me was like, even when I told friends and family, it was like, oh, okay, like, that's, that sucks, but <laughs> you, you look fine. Like you're not, your, your, your arm's not missing. You still got your legs. So I guess it isn't that serious. So yeah. That's, I was going to ask you how your, how your parents reacted. So they were kind of like, all right, let's, let's yeah, go on. I, actually tell I, my brother, and this is, it, it kind of freaked me out at the time. I told my brother and he gave me a hug. And it's kind of weird because he hadn't hugged me in years before that. So that was like, oh, why is he hugging me? Is I thought I thought he was overreacting to it. <laughs> to be honest, he was like, you haven't hugged me in years. Like, why are you hugging me now? Like, it's it's fine. Like, when you did get diagnosed, when they told you you had diabetes, did they tell you that it was type one? They assumed because of how high it was that it was okay. type one, and because of like how I guess quote unquote healthy I looked, they didn't think yeah. it was like type two. It was like diet controlled, and then like they did the antibody test. I think they did an antibody test maybe like like six months afterwards. And it was like, they confirmed actually it confirmed. And even that was kind of weird because like I was having these appointments and it was like, are you type one or type two? And I was like, I was told I'm type one. And it was like, well, there's nothing in your records that actually said you're type one. That's so so I was like, so, so it's like, what? So I could be type two and like everyone's telling me I'm type one. Like, I, I think we should probably get that checked. And then, so then, they, get, then they checked it. So again, <laughs> at the time, I didn't think anything about it. But not the spot people, it was like, yo, like your process like there must be some like misconduct somewhere. Yeah. Someone's not doing their job properly because for six months I'm like, I've been told I'm tight one, but there's no actual proof that I'm tight one. But you're telling me I'm tight one. So I guess I am. Like I have no idea. Did they tell you, I know the answer to this, but when you're giving insulin and your blood sugar goes too low, hypoglycemia, did they tell you how to treat it? I mean, I guess if you're running so high, maybe they wouldn't need to say that at the beginning. I don't know. I just remember it was like, oh, if you're running low, then like, <laughs> have, a, have a biscuit. <laughs> have one. <laughs> have one biscuit. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I remember well, that's a combination. Yeah. I know that you said you were working out and, you know, so you were, let's just say, taking care of yourself. But did you know how to count carbs? I mean, did you even know how to read a label for that kind of stuff? Yeah, there was. So when they really told me, it was like, okay, your ratio is now one to 10. So for every 10 carbs, take one unit of insulin and it was like okay I was like so where do I, where do I get this carbs information from I was like oh <laughs> on labels if you look at food labels where it says carbs count the carbs because on, on UK label it has like carbs and it says underneath with sugars so yeah. it tells you how many how much sugars inside but it was like ignore that just yeah. add up the whole total carbs number and that was fine and I was like okay so I was, I was doing that and then, and then I think it was like oh like there's like oh way and then they gave me that book the um Cows and carbs book. Yeah. I was carrying that around for a while. I thought, this is, this is too big. And I left that home eventually. And it was like, oh, there's an app. So I had the app. And then like, I was using the app for a while and I stopped using that. And I was like, this is like too much. 
Well, yeah. it's too much, but then you also like, I know that a piece of bread is 12 grams of carbs. So then when I look at a plate, I think about all the other, it's kind of like you memorize it. Yeah. yeah. So I'll go to the point where now I'm just like, it's like, it's like the diabetic sixth sense where I just look at a plate and I'm like, that's probably around this region of cars. I normally get it right. Most of the times, if I get confused, maybe I might look at labels every now and again, but like, especially if you're at home using the same like plates and bowls and sizes, yeah. kind of like, okay, it was this amount looks like it's like 20, 30 cards. So like I got to the point now, actually, to be fair, I got to that point pretty quickly where I'm just like, I just like tell what the carbs are. But when it comes to things like pizza, I may like, okay, like it's, it's a bit more complicated now. I'm not going to like guess stuff like that. Yeah, the information I got, it was pretty like, pretty, and again, maybe because I, I absorbed it quick. I didn't ask any questions. They assumed, okay, this guy gets it. And then they sent me on my way. But yeah, I don't know what I don't know until someone tells me I don't know it. Yeah. So I definitely should have been told a lot more information at the time. You said that you didn't know anybody with diabetes when you were diagnosed. Not really. I had an aunt and uncle who were type 2. And again, my understanding was like, they just had to control their diet, just eat, just eat healthier. And that was it. So that was my whole perception of diabetes, just eat healthy. And it's not a big deal. Because they never took pills. They were never on insulin. It was literally for them, just diet controlled. So I didn't know anyone. So when I told them that I was, that I was type 1, they were surprised. Like, there's no one in our family history that's ever had type 1. Like, how have you got it? And you're the, the fit, healthy athlete. <laughs> how have you got it? Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't know anyone, really, my friend, that really had type 1. Had no friends that had it. Literally no one in my life. That's one of the many reasons why I have you as a guest because of what you, how you turned that diagnosis and made it into something, I'm going to say laughable, but also relatable. Okay. So tell me, you have an Instagram page with yeah. funny videos. And yeah. so scenarios, give us a couple of examples of what you uh, have filmed. So I started the page. It was literally like, oh, because when I was like, okay, I want to start Instagram to sort of like showcase my diabetes. And I just like wrap my brain. What's a good username? So it's like, okay, type one diabetes, one spelled W-O-N. I thought to myself, there's no way I thought about that and that's not taken. Right. I was like, there's that. It took me like a, like, I didn't, the thought of like starting Instagram, I didn't actually make it until like a week later. So I thought, that's a, such an obvious name, Flip. That's someone probably got that. If I try even search, it probably be like type one diabetes, two, six. I could probably add, add numbers at the end of that because it's really taken. <laughs> So like, it took me like a whole week to like, you know what? Let me just actually check to see. And then like, I checked, it's like, snap, no one's actually done this username before. Because normally usernames are always taken up. Everyone thinks of the ideas and they're all taken up. But no one thought that. Well, okay, that's pretty cool. So I saved it, made the account. And then to begin with, just like posting like, I guess like day-to-day -day stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I thought like, everyone's doing that. And I got kind of bored myself doing that. I was like, oh, like just posting another blood sugar reading. And it's like, it's not really exciting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not really exciting. So I was like, how can I do something different and unique that kind of like reflects who I am creatively? And was the goal with like that, that too, to, to connect with other people living with diabetes? Or was it more just like an outlet for you to be creative was, and just yeah, get it out there? It was originally just a page that I hoped only my friends would see. So at least my friends and family know about diabetes. Cause I'm like, these people need to know because if that happens to me, I need to know that I'm around people that know what they're doing. Yeah. Because again, the biggest misconception is, it's so crazy when I think about it. Yeah, because when I ask friends and family, if you saw me on the floor un unconscious, what do you do? They all said, go into your bag and give you insulin. 
And it's like, why would you, why, like, why, why is that your first thing? Because I'm diabetic, you think instant the answer. Why would you not call the police or the ambulance? Like, why is the first thing that? And that's just crazy to me. And I feel like diabetes is the only disease where people who with no medical training think to themselves, you know what, if you're unconscious, how much insulin that must it? Like, you've done no medical training, you have no education on it, but suddenly you must think you must administer this, like, why? It's the only disease I can think of where people think that. If it was any other situation, ambulance. But with diabetes, that's people's go-to, and they just find that weird. So I thought, you know what? I don't trust people to save my life, so I need to educate them. So I only really thought that my friends and family would see this. I didn't really know there was a, like, online community that would, like... It kind of found... I didn't go searching for it. It kind of, like, found me. I'm, like, getting people, like, cutting on my post who yeah. was diabetic and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, snap. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow her. Da, 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 da. Crazy. And now I'm, like, learning about diabetes from other people, more so than my actual doctors, because they wasn't telling me anything. Yeah. So then it turned into a thing where, okay, now I can learn about diabetes from other people that have had it way longer than me. Like, I, I had it... I got diagnosed as, as an adult. There's people like yourself that had it as a, as a kid that had to go through, like, school college, university, and stuff like that with the disease, I'm only just now having it so I can learn so much about experiences and situations that I haven't even been in yet that I can learn from when I do get there. So yeah. it's kind of like a learning tool, not just for my family, but also for me. Then it was like, okay, like, what can I post to sort of, like, express myself and stuff like that? And it's what? like, I just have these scenarios in my head that's like, oh, how would a diabetes person react to this? Or how would this scenario be different if it was a diabetic in that situation. And you filmed or, everything yourself, right? Yeah, literally. Just like me and camera, tripod, and just like sent up and just like thinking like... And again, like, I always wanted to like act, but I'm too... I wouldn't say lazy. I'm just too proud to like do acting classes and like auditions. So I just like do it myself. And if I, I just feel like, okay, lad, I'm just going to do this acting myself. I'll get, I'll get better eventually. Maybe someone will see my videos and be like, oh, you, you look like you can act. Come and do this, maybe. But I think that's so this, hilarious. You know? you can, yeah, you'll, you'll need to add those to your CV. Like, this is this is what I'm capable of right here. I'm the yeah. editor, producer, you know, the writer, audio. Yeah, exactly. You can do it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I realized is just like all the scenarios and things that I've gone through as a diabetic, a lot of diabetes, uh, diabetes have gone through the exact same scenario. Like, as serious as it is, that people around you don't know what to do in emergency then it could be potential life endangering. There's also a funny side to it that why is that the first thing you would go to? The first thing you think of is give me insulin. Like, like why? Like, why? Well, and, and I then, would be curious. I doubt that the person, I mean, did your family know the word insulin or did they just think, oh, we'll just give them a shot? Because I wouldn't have known what insulin is if I didn't have to take it, you know? Yeah, because when they see me, when they, I guess the perception, the perception is I'm seeing him take this magic elix, elixir of life. <laughs> <laughs> every single day so that must be the that must be the cure like he takes it every single day and yeah and he's, and he's fine so the day he's not fine and can't do it himself I'll do it for him not understanding the science behind and what I'm actually taking I guess to them that's what insulin is right so just like how can I find scenarios that diabetics are in and extract the humor out of it or exaggerate the humor so that it be- becomes funny because oh, my position like, is hilarious they're, they're hilarious yeah because my position is like as of now where there's no cure this is a thing that we were to live with for the rest of our lives like day-to-day life is hard enough for a diabetic yeah 
there needs to be something about the disease to laugh about. Like there needs yeah. to be something to laugh about. It can't all be doom and gloom. There must be points where we just like sit back and laugh. And it's not until you're in discussion with other diabetics talking about similar scenarios do you find the humor in it. Yeah. Because it might be quote unquote bad situation for you. But when people are discussing these bad situations, you're like, oh, mine was different. Mine was similar, but my situation was different because of this thing and that thing. You can find the humor in it because everyone's going through the same thing with a slight twist. And it's like, yeah, why, why, why have we all been told to have cinnamon to cure our disease? Like, where's that come from? <laughs> well, your video explains it. We know why now cinnamon and it's from the witch doctor. It's absolutely not from God. <laughs> exactly. So my whole thing is just like, you know, just like to find the humor and the funny side because otherwise if, if we don't find the funny to it then it, for me then it, it all just is a like routine and doom yeah. and gloom waiting for the next appointment and waiting for the waiting for the next bad news and it's like we need to find something to and the community is so great and so large why can't we have our own sort of like niche yeah comedy to it like like a funny side to it that only a diabetic could laugh at like no one who's diabetic will look at my page and find anything funny about it <laughs> and that's and it's fine because that's that's all I, I only want to make people who are diabetic laugh because we're in, in, in this doing this doing this the same thing right and it's only us that can find the humor in it and we're gonna look we're, we're all gonna look so weird because the, the outside world is like this disease that isn't funny but we're all laughing at it i just want everyone to just like to laugh at it. and i guess i guess laughing at it and especially like, i get messages from like people that are newly diagnosed who are like oh it's i was diagnosed only like a week ago and i've been sad about it and i found your page and now i'm laughing about it and it's like yeah, yeah because like it is there are sad moments. Again, I'm not I'm not laughing 24-7 at diabetes. Trust me, I'm not laughing about it 24-7. But I have to find moments where I can laugh at it because this is from now until the end. And I can't have a life where it's just like sucking the life out of me and I'm not laughing about it. It's like yeah. there's got to be a funny, funny side to it. And again, if you can find a funny side to it, people that are newly diagnosed who think it's a, a death a sentence. sentence. Yeah. It's like, well, it's not like, like we're all gonna die. Have a, yeah, we're gonna get a full glorious life and die, and you might not even die because of your diabetes, <laughs> but you can also laugh at it as <laughs> as well. And I just want to extract all the humor and fun out of it as right. much as I can. So I've got loads of I've got loads of ideas. That I'm just trying to like eventually that like roll roll out. I mean, if I had the time, I would make a hundred videos a day and just pull them out one in the same day. But I just haven't got the time. But there's so many ideas in my head. Like, oh, what if a diabetes was doing this or this movie or or that movie? Like, because there's no representation. It's like I feel like because we've gone through this journey and and we have diabetes. Like, we we have a a touch of a dark humor. Yeah. Oh, for sure. To to our our situation because just we just have to be like because it is a disease, it is life threatening. But to be able to laugh at it yeah. is a sense of type of dark humor. But also, I guess a bright side to it. It allows like, anything that brings out a laughter and allows you to forget about the traumas and the, and the bad times. Yeah, is a good thing. It's, you know, let's if we live with this for the rest of our life, let's find something to laugh about so we can 
have some sort of fun. Well, and I think one of the things that I've realized too, two things I want to touch on. One, you were saying how much you learned from the, like the diabetes online community. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have learned so much from my peers. And with that being said too, the bright side of things, I wouldn't be friends with people like you necessarily. Our paths might not have crossed or some of the people that I have on my happy hour. So I have met, I want to say friends for a lifetime and people that that friendship is so deep rooted because you walk a day in my shoes every day. So you understand and we can have those conversations and make light of it when we need to. So I want to ask you, because you said earlier about like me growing up and having to go through school, university and things like that. As somebody diagnosed, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Are you dating? How do you talk to your, you know, your loved ones? Like if you get in a relationship about diabetes, is that, I'm trying to think of real life things that are, you're going through right now that are different because of the diabetes. I mean, it's always, I kind of use diabetes in terms of dating as like like a secret power in a sense, (laughs) because what I realized very, very early is, and I know this may not, this may not work for women who are girls who are diabetic. It may just be a male thing where it's for males because women are very like nurturing and want to take care. Right. And I've, I've, I've figured that out very, very early. So if I'm dating, like telling, and because there's, Telling the person I'm dating that I'm diabetic, it always leads to advantages. Like they get super, super caring, <laughs> want to take care of me, want to want to now cook for me, and like I get away with so much more and stuff like that. So like again, I don't maybe because women are just like naturally nurturing, so it may not work for women that are diabetic for guys. Because when it comes to guys and, and health, like you know, we, we don't care. Like we would never get checked unless we're told to get checked we right like, don't care but women's the opposite where they're so nurturing so it's like whenever i tell someone i'm dating or seeing that i've got diabetes like it's, it, it's normally like probably the first thing i mentioned now oh wow it's the easiest way in because like they want to yeah they want to take care of you now and like getting someone it's like before i was diabetic meeting someone and getting them to cook for you so early on <laughs> so you, now, used, you used your diagnosis to like s- like hop up or soup up your dating life yeah 100 like 100 <laughs> and you make them feel again i got my diabetes under under control but you make them feel like they've got some control over it like their efforts are like lowering your sugars and really they're not but hey man w- what works works you know Dating is, dating is hard as it is and having diabetes is hard as it is. You got to find some advantages. I need to work that angle. I, I mean, like you said, men are different, but I've got to figure out how to use it to my advantage. I always feel to. like it's when somebody was like, oh, so, you know, on your dating profile, it says you're a podcast host. What do you talk about? I'm like, damn it. It's going to come out right now. <laughs> There's no hiding it. It's diabetes. So, <laughs> well, what does the future look like for you? So you're a radio host, correct? Yes. That's crazy. How did you get into that? I remember so I was in my final year at uni in the library. Uh, I don't know how the library works in the US, but in the UK, the li- library is just one big social club. No one actually goes to the library to actually study until a deadline day. Deadline day is when it's like ram full and everyone's quiet. But on a normal day, the library is just one big social club. Everyone just goes to like pretend to do work, but talk. <laughs> So we was in the library, like half doing an essay, half just like talking nonsense. I mean, having a conversation with like friends in the library. And what we noticed was people around who was like trying to do work were being distracted from their work because they were laughing at our conversations. So I was just like, oh, like, so I didn't realize how 
entertaining who was being to everyone in the library, but everyone around <laughs> was just like trying to like hide their laughs, lead to a conversation. So I was like, it would be cool if this like was recorded, you know? So that led to like, okay, like maybe we just start a podcast. Again, whenever I do things like that, I normally start with like, let me just entertain my friends first and then worry yeah. about the rest of the world later on. So it's maybe just a podcast and it's like, okay, like something for my friends to listen to to laugh at and stuff like that. So we're doing the podcast now and this uh, station manager, I have no idea to this day how, but he came across one of our episodes and invited us down to like do some demos at the station. So my co-host at the time, they wasn't, they wasn't really feeling it because with radio, it's like, okay, you can't swear, you got to do this, got to do that. It was more um, controlled. And they like the, they just like the freedom of like having a podcast where there's no rules. Yeah. But I was interested in radio. I was like, okay, like I didn't really... F- imagine being a radio presenter growing up so this new industry let me see how it goes see how i like it if i don't i can just stop it if i like it let me see where it goes and literally yeah, i was just doing like demo after demo after demo and then finally he let me like cover presenters when they were like sick so i had some on air time i just like trying to do as get as much experience as i can and long story short it's like yeah you sound great like we're having an opening on our breakfast show do you want to do it? Which is, it, it came at a weird time because I had just started my teaching degree. Hmm. Just started, literally just started. So I'd already like taken the student loans, already spent, already spent it. I was like, oh, I mean, if you told me it's like a week earlier, I could do it. But like, I don't think I can just like start this course, take their money and then like not do it. So ask me again in like nine months when I finished. It was like, in nine months, you can have like so much experience. You can be so far, blah, blah, blah. So at that point, I was just like entertaining the conversation. Back in mind, I was like, there's no way I'm doing this because I've taken the money now. It's way harder to get the money back than taking it. And I've already taken it and spent it as well. And it's not that's not coming back. So I'm not doing it. So I went home now. I don't know what clicked in my mind. It was like, you know what? I can always go back teaching at any point in my life with radio it's kind of a, a now thing like I need to be doing it now mm. if I want to get started so I literally dropped out of uni dropped out of teaching and just put my focus into radio presenting and best decision I've made man like the freedom of just having to like talk and entertain is just the best feeling in the world man I just love to do it like just when you said do it so when you said do this podcast it's like of course this is my element now this is what (laughs) I the freedom to just talk and express myself is just unbelievable man I I thoroughly enjoy just talking to people man well and let me say and we'll wrap it up but as you do a great job of talking with people and so like I said your videos not only are funny but they're educational at some point and shine a light for a lot of people. So any scenarios that we can be looking forward to? Yeah, I wanted to explore the dating side of things. And I always want to like find like popular movies and feel like, hey, how would a diabetic fit into this scene? <clears throat> right. You know? I don't know, like, a, like the Titanic. What would the Titanic be like if there was a diabetic on board? <laughs> At this point, I have no idea, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> and just get these like key moments of like diabetes right if you get all the bad side just look at it closely it's a very funny disease to have <laughs> it's a really funny disease to have it's like i, I talk love about food, being high you can say that you're high I'm, I'm too high right now to do that or i yeah, need, to, just I need like, to shoot up but just the disease itself is like what like what food is that is that now who I, i've got beef with for the rest of my life now food <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
food is now my worst enemy. Like, I used to love food, but now <laughs> me and food have this, like, love-hate relationship with this, like... <laughs> Yes. If you, if you think about it, it's like a really funny disease. It's like food. Really? Like you've had a conversation with God, it's like really like food. <laughs> That's the thing I have to, to worry about, like food. Well, and yet, do you know Levi Davenport? He has the Instagram uh, between two lines. I've never heard of it. I'm going to connect the two of you because he has made a couple of videos, a, a totally different personality, totally different style, but they're freaking hilarious. And it's yeah. about him talking with his blood sugar, like blood sugar is a person and fi- anywho, it's hilarious. And that makes me think about some of the snares that you were just talking about. You guys need to be best friends because I think that, and you should do a video together because that would be freaking Hey, hilarious. who knows? In the f- you might see it. <laughs> who knows? You might, might see it. I'm definitely down to do that, man. I'll definitely check that out, man. Well, I appreciate you joining the show and anything else you want to say to the listeners before we wrap up? I would say to the listeners, diabetes is, there's ups and there's downs to it, but try to find the very thin silver lining. And for me, the silver lining is the funny interactions that I go through in life because I have diabetes. And we've all gone through them. Like people who are just like not diabetic, don't know about it. There's always a funny, weird interaction that you just relate to and like just laugh about. And just like, again, it's, we, have, we haven't got a cure, but there is no deficit into it. So try to take as much joy and advantage out of it as much as you, as much as you can. And not just, not just the funny side, like just figure out like, what can I now get from the government that I couldn't get before? from the disease. I'm always searching, like, what benefits can I get? I'm trying to live a peaceful, free, paid for life. Like, like I have a medical card, which means all my medication now is free. I'm That's- waiting for weed to be on the NHS. Once weed is now, <laughs> I'm telling, like... <laughs> if you get free weed because of having diabetes, amazing. <laughs> I mean, like- yeah, I'm waiting for... <laughs> I'm waiting for just one article that says, oh, weed. You always find it like, oh, weed is known to cure. I was like, listen, forget cinnamon. Let me find out weed is a cure. Let me oh you know, let me, let me try weed. I'm not going to try cinnamon. Let me just, I just need one. I just need one person to tell me weed has, stopped, has cured their diabetes. I'm like, look, this person said weed has cured diabetes. Let's give, let's give that a go. I'm totally for it. You know, I think about, I've participated in a couple of clinical trials and one of them was for insulin. And I'm thinking if there was a weed clinical trial to cure diabetes, how many people would sign up for that? You know what I mean? Like we'd we'd all be there. (laughs) We'd find a cure really quick. (laughs) This is, I mean, we just, even though we just like, we just know it wouldn't work. It's like weed. Cool. Like just just, just lie and say, say it's working. Next time you talk to God and or have a video, I think that God needs to address cannabis. I know, right? If I smoke weed, I think I feel less diabetic today after smoking that joint. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Well, we'll Let's wrap it up. That took a weird twist, but I really like it. Let's talk weed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, enjoy the rest of your weekend and I look forward to seeing new videos. Of course. Let's keep in contact, man. Let's keep up the conversation, keep up the dialogue. And yeah, thank you for so much for having me on this award-winning <laughs> Don't even podcast. go there. Don't even you go need there. To, Hey, I would, that would be my intro every single time. <laughs> I'm telling you, no one would not hear about it. Everyone would know about it. Uh, well, maybe you need to be my PR team. Hey, <laughs> let's do it, man. All right. Well, 
There is no doubt that Calyx is entertaining and for the love of all things holy. If weed becomes a drug covered in London, I'll be packing my bags. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I look forward to future videos and you never know, maybe I'll make a guest appearance in person one day soon. A girl can dream. Before I wrap up, I have a few quick reminders. Number one, my latest project, The Diabetes Way is live and for people like you and those touched by diabetes. Check out thediabetesway.com to learn more. Number two, don't forget to visit my resources and affiliate page for killer discounts. If you'd like to join this list of reputable brands, just hit us up at Penelope at diabetesdailygrind.com for details. Number three, I know you're listening. Thank you. <laughs> so be kind and throw a little change my way. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. All you have to do is click on the donate link in the show notes. And finally, I'm here for my diapeeps and the medical community. So feel free to contact me on any social media platform or directly at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com. Your continued support and love help keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone.